Father, we thank you so much, uh, Lord, that you care uh, for us. And uh, Lord, that uh, you know exactly what's going on in the world and COVID and everything. And uh, Lord, we, we do pray that uh, your hand of protection will be on the people that has been affected uh, by COVID. Uh, Lord, we continue to ask, uh, Lord, for uh, your comfort uh, for those who have family and loved ones that are uh, affected by it. Um, and Lord, please, uh, would you give uh, your healing hand upon them and, and Lord, continue to protect uh, the flock here. Uh, Lord, not only uh, from COVID, but um, Lord, that even if they have COVID, Lord, we pray that the symptoms will be very mild. And then overall, Lord, that we would be people that would not live in fear. Uh, Lord, because that uh, would paralyze uh you know, our identity because and, and uh, our purpose, which is to, uh, to glorify you, to do the work that you've been called us to do. And Lord, we know uh, that you uh, have our soul. You have, you have purchased us with a price. And so, Lord, we ought not to even fear COVID. Uh, that doesn't mean that we're not vigilant. Uh, but Lord, I pray that you would give us wisdom and vigilance to um, navigate through all the uh, the interactions that we have so that uh, we are people that are responsible and good stewards uh, in this time. Lord, we pray for our leaders uh, all across the world. Lord, uh, there is so much going on. And uh, we, when we open up the, the news, we see just chaos after chaos, problems after problems. And, and Lord, we know all of that would not go away until you come back. But in the meantime, Lord, you have asked us to pray for our, uh, our leaders. And so, Lord, we do. We want to pray, uh, Lord, for leaders all across the world, but particularly uh, in the U.S., Lord, we want to pray that you would, um, uh, Lord, give us a government official that would allow us uh, to have a quiet and peaceable life so that we can conduct the kingdom ministry as much as we can. Lord, uh, so we pray, Lord, that the election would be uh, smooth, as, as smooth as it is possible. And uh, Lord, that uh, your will be done. And Father, we want to pray for this Saturday uh, regarding the pumpkin carving event. And Lord, we pray that uh, you would bless it, that you would prepare us uh, individually and corporately. Uh, individually, Lord, to, to be ready, uh, to be filled with the Spirit, to have something to give. So when we come, it, we're not coming to an event. We're coming to fish. We're coming ready to give. Uh, we're, we're coming with a, a good countenance, with a friendly face. And so, Lord, give us a good time and give us souls, we ask. Uh, and, Lord, tonight I, I pray that uh, you would give us a good time in your word. Lord, there's so much here uh, in chapter 3. And, uh, Lord, I, I pray that uh, Lord, my deficiency in communication wouldn't be a hindrance uh, from us getting lost in the so many things that we can see in chapter 3. And so, Lord, would you be with me, anoint me, empower me. Uh, Lord, give me the word of utterance so that I may communicate, uh, Lord, the way that you want me to communicate uh, of your word. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, chapter 3 is, um, uh, is a, uh, a chapter, as we, we've seen, full of names, full of names of people who have taken part of the rebuilding of the wall and the gates, okay? So that's the whole chapter. So when you read it quickly, man, all you see are names and who built one and who built one and, and so on and so on and the sons and the daughters and, and so on and so on. And it's very easily to just pass by and like, what is going on here, right? Uh, but there's a lot of names, as we have seen in the, uh, the, the last time we met, and the names mean something, okay? So this time I really had probably done more work in terms of word study uh, than I ever had, you know, in, in the previous few times because it's, there's so many words that you want to find out, like, what is there, okay? So just a, uh, 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 a disclosure, okay? Uh, you know, so sometimes, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, well, not sometimes. I'll try to build the best picture possible given what is in front of me. And then the stuff that, man, I'm not really sure. I'll, I'll tell you, man, I'm not really sure. Because there's so many names in there. And, uh, you know, you try to connect the dots and, 
and kind of cross-reference to the New Testament and see, man, what's the connection there, right? What's the connection? So that's been the, the methodology in, in my hermeneutics and how I studied it so that I can communicate to you what I see in chapter three. And clearly God has given us chapter three for a reason. And so uh, we will dive in the big picture of chapter three in a bit. But first, let's recap what uh, we have learned from the last time. The last time was all about leadership. If you were here, the last time was all about leadership. And so uh, I'll, I'll run through these pretty quickly. Uh, you can put key point one and key point number two. You know, So we've seen Nehemiah, right? Nehemiah right, got favor from the Lord. He seeked the Lord. He fasted. He prayed. And, and he got favor. And the hand of the Lord was with him. Okay? And after 90 plus years of, of, of the children of Israel, the, the remnant in Jerusalem after the Babylon ca- captivity, things were still in bad shape. They were in reproach. They were in affliction. And, and God used Nehemiah to bring confidence back to a discouraged people. And we, we talked about how this is a key point for growing leaders, for leaders, right? To learn how to bring confidence back to a, a discouraged people because their confidence is in God. Okay, so this still happens today. This still happens today that people are discouraged for whatever reason, Right? And leaders and Bible study leaders ought to be people who bring confidence, right, back to people that are discouraged. Because why? Their confidence is in God. And so part of that is to inspire people for the work of the Lord. Nehemiah did that. He inspected, right? He did that night discovery trip, right? And inspected what was going on. He knew what was going on. And based on what's going on, he said, you know what? This is no big thing. Imagine that. What a big word. And he said, no big thing. God can do it. God's hand is upon me. God's hand is upon us. Let's go do it. And so leaders must inspire people for the work of the Lord. If you're a growing leader, we need to do that. And so to, in order to do that, we first must be inspired by the inspired word of God. If not, you have nothing to give, right? Uh, and then the other thing we, we learn is not everyone participated in the work of the Lord in building the walls. We saw in verse 5 that there were these nobles that, man, they didn't want to do it. You know, maybe they, they thought this is manual labor. This is too hard of a work. We got other things to do, more important things to do. And, and the key point there was that leader was not too distracted with people that weren't cooperating, right? Sometimes you, leaders can spend so much time troubleshooting something right? And they get distracted and they, they get distra- uh, discouraged themselves because like, oh man, again, this person is not wanting to do it. You know, leaders don't be discouraged when, because not everyone, not everyone is going to cooperate. Not everyone wants to serve the Lord. And so don't get discouraged. That's just going to happen. That's just going to happen. Okay. And then we saw that leaders must learn to delegate to the right people for the job. And so leaders have to see what are the gifting of that person. And we talked about the acronym FAT, FAT, right? Easy to remember. Faithful, available, teachable, right? And in this case, we saw the qualification was available, availability. These are the people who's like, they showed up and it's like, yeah, I'm willing. And so they are teachable. And then Nehemiah put them to work and organized them. And then so every section of the wall is owned by different groups of people. There was teamwork. And, and, and so Nehemiah was, 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 was giving leadership to that work. And so leaders, we must learn how to delegate to the right people for the job. And before you, you, you do that, first be that person who is ready and available to be delegated. Amen? This is very important, right? Uh, more and more times, we're going to have more opportunities to serve different things in the church, in different ministry. And we should be people who is like, hey, Let's make myself available. Does that make sense? That's, that's where it's practical, right? So not just like seeing other people do the work, but what about me? How am I making myself available to the, to the work of the Lord, right? And so then why is that so important? Because, man, that is the will of God. And we see the names of these people were recorded. The names of these people were recorded. Okay, finally, leaders must oversee the work. Leaders must oversee the work. Nehemiah knew who was doing what. Nehemiah knew how they were, well they were doing it. And he, he said, 
Baruch. Baruch was zealously doing the work he knew, right? Good chances is he was maybe riding his horse, right? We know Nehemiah was riding a horse. And he was just go around the walls and the gates of Jerusalem and, uh, and saw what everyone was doing. I, I bet you he, he was doing that. He already did the discovery trip. He already know his way around. So he knew, right? And so, so the right overseeing allows the work and the people to have success, right? The right overseeing, so you don't want to micromanage, you know, uh, you want to handhold, you know, especially in the early initial times. But once the person gets the hang of it, man, you kind of slowly, slowly, slowly let go. And then the person gets to do it. Does that make sense? Right? But you got to oversee. You got to check up. It's, it's crazy that how often that we people need reminder. You know, crazy? As, even as adults, how often? Oh, it was this day. Oops. Uh, the finals was due. Uh, midterm was due this day. You're like, no, we often, we're forgetful. You know, and so a leader oversees, and then man, that, that that growing leader learns to be more faithful, more faithful, and then that person now is very responsible. You can fully dispense that work to them. Then now they can effectively delegate, right? So delegation is not a way to pass down things you don't want to do only. Okay, if that's if that's your heart, my goodness, you're not gonna make disciples. Okay, so Nehemiah wasn't about that. Okay, so that is. From the last time that we met, it was all about leadership. Now we're going to jump in to the actual rebuilding of the wall and the people that were responsible doing that work. Okay, so before we jump into all that, you know, we're going to read some of it, but that's all a lot of names. Okay, and I don't want everyone to get bored or get lost by it. But so we're going to look at the big picture, right? We're going to do a high level view of what's going on, right? In chapter three, okay, so chapter three, you know, we know that now the children of Israel is beginning to rebuild the wall so that they are no longer in reproach. That's what Nehemiah said. He says, um, he said, then said I unto them in verse 17 of chapter uh, two, ye see the distress that we're in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we be no more reproached, right? So that is what's going on here uh, with the rebuilding so that, man, they don't live in affliction and, and reproach. We see also that the rebuilding of the wall is a precursor to the remnant Israel having a revival in Jerusalem, okay? We also see that the rebuilding of the wall was a precursor of the remnant Jews having a revival in their hearts. And we see then Ezra came and man opened the book of the law at the water gate. And man, for the first time, people had understanding. Imagine for 90 years, people like given up on the book, given up on, on the book of Moses, you know, because it's like, it's not happening. Well, look around, it's always trouble on every side. Look at our, you know, uh, buildings and everything. It's just a mess. You know, and the same with us, the same with us. We look at our life and it's always problems and afflictions and issues. And we're like, man, where is God? And so now you have the Bible, but, but even then it doesn't really apply to you because it doesn't really have any impact anymore. But this was necessary. The building of the wall built the people's spirit up in order for revival to happen. That's why it's so important for us to, to understand chapter three so that you and I, understand how to build our walls, our spirit, so that we can have revival just like they did. Amen? Okay. So, so the, the Bible through Nehemiah organized these gates and walls in such a way that it tells us an inspirational application of rebuilding a person, a church, or even a, a nation. I mean, there's no like coincidence that the first gate was the sheep gate. Was the sheep gate, and we talked about that briefly. What the sheep gate was is the Lamb of God, and then it's no coincidence that the last gate is Mifkat. And you guess what that is? It is examination, it's the appointed time. Okay, and what is that? I remind you, there is a judgment seat of Christ. I mean, crazy can't make this up. I mean, the, 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 the sequence of these gates 
tell us a story. And Nehemiah organized that through the inspiration of God so that we can have that story. Now, Nehemiah probably didn't know all of this at the time of, of it being written, but us looking back and like having the New Testament and compare scripture to scripture, having the complete word of God, we're like, wow, that's crazy. I know this is not written to us specifically, but absolutely it's written for us. Written for us. And we can actually extract something from chapter 3. Okay. Uh, number 4 is the work was voluntary and done through a team effort. Big picture. Big picture stuff. Okay. The work was voluntary and done through a team effort. And so no one was paid. It was just, man, we, you know, just like Braveheart was asking people to fight for freedom. Right? No one gets paid. Man, Nehemiah said, man, let's fight so that we are people that are not of reproach, you know, so that we are people of not of affliction and that we have the blessing of God in our life. Okay? And then number five is God is a recorder of names. God is a recorder of names. And we've mentioned that already, that God do record that. Who did what? You know, on October 24th, you know, uh, the pumpkin carving party was organized by Elijah Renault. Boom! Wow! Verse 6. I mean, like, and verse 7, you know, someone brought the pumpkins, you know, and so on and so on. I mean, it is recorded. It is recorded, right? And so we see all these names recorded. Man, how cool is that? And you're like, man, where's my name? Where's my name? In, in the work of the Lord, I pray that your name will be there, right? Uh, number six, this is a, this is a big one, uh, you know. So, so if, you, if you study verse one all the way to verse 32, which is what uh, chapter three is, you have sections of chapter three that are not in particularly about building the wall or the gates, but it was rebuilding people's house. You're like, wow. Interesting. And people's chamber. Okay? So, so the, 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 the key inspiration there is rebuilding often begin at home. Did you hear me? Rebuilding often begin at home. Nehemiah's you know, written word has endorsed this as part of the rebuilding process. You see? God has endorsed that, that, that you know, the rebuilding process of people's house. Okay, so check, check, uh, check me out. Three verses. Verse 10, verse 23, and verse 30. Okay, so verse 10, we have, And next unto them repaired Jediah, the son of Harumath, even over against his house. His house. Okay? Uh, and then we see in verse 23, After him repaired Benjamin and Hashub over against who? Their house. Their house. Okay, verse 30. After him repaired Hananiah, the son of Shalamiah, and Hanun, the sixth son of Zalaf, another piece. And after him repaired Meshulam, the son of Berachiah, over against his chamber. His thing. You see? And, and you see, man, this is so key, rebuilding the home. Now, you know, um, some of you are, are married, right? Some of you are married with children. Uh, some of you are dating, right? Uh, even not, right? Whatever stewardship that God gives you, the at-home piece is so important. The at-home piece is so important You're, because we want to build strong marriages, right? We want to build strong dating relationship. Now, not, not when you get married. Now, because, you know, I, I, I give a lot of, um, you know, the pre-dating counseling, if you, you know, if you will. And the advice is the same. What, what the things that you do in dating will, 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 will continue. Those habits, whatever that is, the resolutions that you guys made, right? The relationship that you have will, will pass to a married relationship. So it wasn't good in dating. Guess what? Those problems doesn't go away. It continues. If you build a strong foundation during dating time, you didn't mess around, you do things, Biblically, guess what? You're going to reap that in your, you know, in your married life, okay? We want to build strong children. Man, I'm so uh, excited about this, you know? Man, I'm so 
uh, happy that I have the opportunity to do so. It's a joy. You know, I have a four-year-old and uh, a two-month-old, and it's a joy training my, my four-year-old and, and, and seeing how malleable she is. You know, God says, man, train them up, train them up. And it's such a joy doing that and, and knowing that biblical principles, they work. They say babies doesn't come with, uh, without, you know, doesn't come with a manual. They do. It's called the Bible. You know, and again, I'm no perfect parent, uh, but man, I want to learn. I want to do what's right. And I want to partner with my wife to do so. Notice, okay, uh, the, the third thing about this is the rebuilding of the wall, which, is, which took 52 days. And the rebuilding of the house took place simultaneously. They were at the same time. So it wasn't like one or the other. Oh, you know, oh, bro, I'm just too busy with my stuff. You know, Nehemiah have that too. So, man, I'm off. You know, I, I, I want to. No, that's not what this is about. This is not about putting yourself first or anything. But there is space that God says, no, work on your house. Get your business, get your order done. Get it done. And then, man, come, come build. And we see that. It's so cool. Hashub, verse 11. Hashub, verse 11. And next unto them, repent, Jediah, the son of Haruma, uh, uh, and even over again in his house. And next unto him, repent, uh, Hatush. Oh, sorry, verse 11. And Malkijah, the son of Harim, and Hashub, the son of uh, Patamoa, repaired the uh, other piece and the tower of the furnace. And then we see uh, verse 23. And after him repaired Benjamin and Hashub over against their house. You see? Man, I'm building God's house. I'm building my house. Right? Man, I'm working both together. Right? And then there are, there are times where, man, some people may need a bit more time to build in their house. And that's cool. But there's provision for that. Isn't that cool? It's not a competition. Some people are like, oh, I have to be one or the other. You know, man. Take care of your house business, right? Don't, don't use the ministry as a scapegoat for our problems at home. Does that make sense? Sometimes we can do that. We've got problems at home. We don't want to solve it. And we're trying to solve ministry problems. And God's like, no, no, man. Do it both and do it well, okay? And then verse 23 and 24, uh, verse 23 and 24, we see, after him repaired Benjamin and Hashub over against the house after him repaired Azariah, the son of Masaiah, the son of Hananiah, by his house. Okay, uh, and after him repaired Binui, the son of Henadad, another piece, it from the house of Azariah unto the turning of the wall. Okay, so you see that families were helping other families build. Okay, so that would be another example. Man, now you're thriving. Now your family is doing well. Man, don't just uh, rejoice and keep to yourself. Now, man, help the other person who is rebuilding their house, okay? And figuratively for us, other people's lives. If your life is in order, it's great. Man, don't keep it just like that. Use that additional capacity that God's given you to build another person, right? And if you're a married couple, to build another couple and so on. Man, what a beautiful picture, isn't it? Just from a high-level view, we saw, man, what's going on here? Okay? And so, so, so there is a pattern of rebuilding the wall. I don't know whether we'll go through all of it tonight. I hope we can. I'll try to. Uh, but I do have seven pages of notes. Uh, but I'll, I'll try to, you know, to summarize it as, as, as much as I can. So pray for me. Okay, so the, the, the number one is, is sheep gate. Okay, sheep gate. And we already went through a bit already on the sheep gate, on the, on the names. And we, we know that, you know, this is the gate that everyone, right, needs to go through if they want their walls built. Particularly for the lost person, is to be born again. For the saved person, it's a what? You, you still have to enter this gate to bring that sheep to God every day. Romans 12 talks about that being a what? Living sacrifice. And what is that? Living sacrifice. Sure. But what, what is that uh, particularly points to? Our bodies. Our bodies. A living, a living sacrifice. Our body. So it's not about, you know, so we have to present our bodies a living sacrifice. So we still have to enter this gate. Without this gate, 
man, you're not going to do much. Because we were saved by grace through faith, but we also have to walk by grace through faith. And to say that, oh, this gate, oh, I'm good, I'm good, I'm cool. I already got the ticket. Now I can do my own thing. That is the common trap for Christians. To think that because they already entered this gate, they don't have to enter this gate again. In fact, you have to enter this gate, the Bible says, every day. Every day you have to enter the gate, that gate. Every day I have to present my body a living sacrifice. And my body say, I don't want to do that. Today is my day. Today is binge YouTube day. Today is whatever. You know, we have those days because we work so hard already. Right? And I work so hard. I deserve this. I deserve this time. This is my time, God. What? I bought, I purchased you with a price. I didn't purchase like three, three-fourths of you. I purchased the whole thing. Right? Again, not to say that we, we don't have free time. That God, God's the one who, who, who did what? He's the one who figured out the, the idea of Sabbath. Just FYI. God wants you to rest. Okay? Uh, so, so it's not about not, not having rest, not having fun or anything like that. But sometimes we think we're entitled. That's the problem I'm talking about. That we feel entitled to our time, our stuff, and, and so on. And so uh, we, we know this sheep gate is so important. We saw that this door is open to all, whosoever, John 3.16 say, whosoever, doesn't matter where you're from, doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter whether you're rich and poor or poor, man, you can come. This door is open to you. Man, that's so cool. God is so inclusive, right? And through this door, we, we, we found out that, that, that there is Hananiel, the word Hananiel. Okay, you got to look back at, at the word Hananiel. It means that God is gracious. You're going to find grace in this door. And you think that, oh man, I'm presenting my body as a living sacrifice. Man, how, how uh, holy I am how righteous I am. And, and suddenly you find that you can't outgive God. You cannot outgive God. That's one thing I learned from being a Christian that, man, I thought, I, man, I could give back to God. God's like, man, I, I will give you and more. And I'm like, wow, God, you, you, you are so rich. I mean, in every way that I can only give you thanks. I can only give you glory, you know. And, and then entering this door means you, you know, there's the word Jericho. Day. Jericho means fragrant place. You, you, you man, you become fragrant. Uh, unlike in Nehemiah, there's a lot of rubbish. There's a lot of dung. And I'm telling you, those dung probably don't smell good. It's been there for a while. Okay? And, and they say, Nehemiah says there was heaps of it so that the horse can't even get through. He has to, uh, you know, come off the horse and navigate all, all the rubbish. But man, if we enter the sheep gate, Bible says, man, we're in a fragrant place. And, and zakor means you will be remembered. And oh yeah, by the way, all the notes is in the handout. I didn't put it in PowerPoint because I, I, I'm afraid it was too small. And you can't see it, so I gave you notes. There is kind of very rough draft, but hopefully you can follow along. And then, and then it says that you will be remembered. The word zakor is in between verse 1 and 2. Um, and then finally, the son of Imri. Imri means that my word is spoken. My word is spoken. I'll keep my word. I'll keep my word. So that's sheep gate. And so just, just always apply these gates, right, into the rebuilding process of my life. Take it personal, right? So the, the key here is we must humble ourselves to enter this gate. Right? We must humble ourselves to enter this gate over and over again. The reason why you were safe is at some point you humble yourself and say, I can't do it. I can't save myself. You came to that conclusion that you had sin, that you can't solve the problem of sin for yourself. You humble yourself, call upon God and say, God, you are the all in all. You are the Christ that you, you know, died on the cross, was buried and rose again on the third day. You see, you humble yourself. So the key here is we must humble ourselves in order to enter this gate. So that humility needs to continue in order for us to enter this gate so that we can continue in the way, the truth, and life so that we can have life, right? If we don't, man, the, our way is lost. We don't have truth in, in terms of reality. 
but just intellectually. And we don't have life that God has designed for us to have. Abundant life. Life abundant. I want that. In order to get that, we must humble ourselves to enter this gate. Okay, number two, uh, fish gate. Let's just read that. But the fish gate did the son of Hassaniah built, who also laid the beams thereof and set up the doors thereof, the locks thereof, and the bars thereof. And next unto them repaired Merimoth, the son of Urijah, the son of Koz. And next unto them repaired Meshulam, the son of Barakiah, the son of uh, Meshazabel. And next unto them repaired Zadok, the son of uh, Bana. Um, and next unto them the Tekoex repaired, but their nobles put not their necks to the work um, of their Lord. Okay, so fish gate. Okay, so this gate during Nehemiah's time is the gate where people bring the fish in, you know, uh, from Galilee. This is where the fish comes in, okay? And uh, uh, if you think about fish and you think of our Lord Jesus Christ very quickly, you kind of know where this is going, right? Uh, what, what did Jesus say? You know, follow me and I will make you fishers of men, okay? Uh, very interesting, right? Because that, that's one of the first things that the Lord himself said to his disciples. This is the next thing. In order to rebuild your life, you gotta, you got to lift the will of God for your life. And that first thing, that first assignment is to be a fisher of men. To be a fisherman and that doesn't stop, right? Remember, the context is rebuilding the spirit, rebuilding our spirit. And if you are depressed, you are unfulfilled in your life because you're pursuing some other things other than a fisher of men, man, you're going to not be fulfilled. You're going to be depressed. You're going to have reproach. You're going to be unfulfilled in some way of capacity because God's purpose for our life is doing His will. And from, from doing His will, God is going to give you life. He's going to give you food, you see? And so when we go about the wrong way and doing the wrong things, man, we, 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 don't, we don't enter this gate. We forgot. Life is busy. Work is busy. You know, busy, 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 and then no time to be a fisher of men. Okay, the, the word here, the next word here is hasaniya. Hasaniya. Hasaniya means pricky. Prick, uh, thorny, or you know, like a uh, you know, or a goat, you know, like what they use with, with animals. And uh, if you remember Acts uh, chapter nine and verse five, and he said, "Who art thou, Lord?" This is Paul saying, "Okay, who who art thou, Lord?" And the Lord say, "I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard to for thee to kick against the pricks." Okay, so you know what. Uh, part of our job is being a prick. <laughs> okay, no. Yes and no, okay? Okay, yes and no. Yes and no, okay. I play on words there, okay? But, 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 but to kind of goad a bit, right? To, to goad a bit, like, man, like, you know why? You know why? Because at some point, you're going to bring up repentance. You're going to bring up sin. Do you think that's fun? Like, like, you're going to bring up my sin? Like, that, that is, like, confrontational. That's, like, my space. That's my business. You know, you know, that's offensive. But yet, this is required, right? I mean, in, a, in, in the best loving way, after you form some relationship, not that you're shouting on a megaphone or anything like that. I mean, that's not effective, in my opinion. Maybe, maybe some other times... When, when that was the culture, but not our culture, right? So much. There's a lot of relationship building that needs to happen in order for you to, to discuss. And, and sometimes in the right circumstances, God may even give you that. But you have to bring up sin. You have to bring up sin. You have to bring up their sin. That, that's the, that's the, the part that's always missing in the gospel. People are willing to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They just don't want to accept that they are sinners. So it, it's null and void. Does that make sense? It's null and void. If you study the gospel, you study the, the New Testament, you see that both uh, Jesus and Paul teach repentance. And you cannot get away from that. And part of that is, man, you're going to be a bit pricky, a bit thorny, and you have to goad people a bit, you know. And if, if they're willing, if they're willing to hear you, man, there you go. 
something interesting there, beams, beams. Uh, he, he also laid the beams thereof, and I thought this was interesting, you know, because Matthew 7, 5, it says that thou hypocrite first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shall thou see clearly to cast out the mode of um, thy brother's eye. Okay, now, this inspirationally, I mean, this is, this is kind of important stuff because the hardest thing for lost people in general is just kind of saying that, that Christians are hypocrites. You know, and that, that's why it's so hard to hear the stuff that you want to say because, like, I, I, I know you. Now, realistically, we are all hypocrites. Just, <laughs> I'm a hypocrite. We all are a hypocrite to some degree, right? But, man, by the grace of God, that becomes less and less and less noticeable. Amen? That people can't really see that. But, man, I know, man, sometimes I'm not that, as consistent. And, man, I need to be, right? And, and, and so... Um, Man, remove that beam out of your own eye, like so that when you have to correct someone, when you have to point something out, man, you don't have that like large beam in your eye, like, yeah, whatever, right? You don't have reality in your life. You're telling me that, and you still do the stuff, you know, you still do the stuff that I do. So how are you better than me, other than you know some Bible? I mean, that's what people would think, you know, and that's why people get fed up with religion is hypocrisy, you know, so remove that beam. And then, so we have the door door was the next, next word I thought was interesting in terms of the fish gate. Uh, Colossians 4, 3 says with all praying also for us that God would open us unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. See, See, it's, it's, it's like there's prayer involved to ask God to open that door for us, right? It's not just like kicking that door open. It's like asking God, God, would you open that door? And would you give me the words of utterance? Like, tell me how to say it, you know? And not just by my, like, smartness, you know? Because we have, some people are people, uh, per, uh, person, right? They, they, man, so smooth, Right? And, and, and it's not about that, right? It's about asking God to give that word of utterance and then, and then to transition so that you can, you know, speak the things that God will have you to speak. And, uh, and then that glorifies God. That gives credit to God and not my skill set, my gift, and so on. Now, uh, you have Merimoth, uh, you know, uh, it means bitterness, deceive, high. And so you're going to meet all kinds of people like that. You're going to meet people who are pride, prideful, they, they are deceived, they're bitter. Uh, and so that's the, the, the clientele that you have in the world. You know, uh, so, so you need prayer. Uh, but Urijah, the next word here, that name, means fire and light. So you bring the fire, you bring that light to lead people. And uh, as a result, right, Berachia means blessed by God. And then Meshazabil means God the deliverer. How cool is that? God is going to deliver that person. God is going to deliver that person. Look it up yourself, either in Strong's or in Hebrew dictionaries. Meshazabil means God the deliverer. And then Zadok means just. So then the person is justified because their sins are forgiven, because God delivered them. Okay? So, so that's the, the fish gate. So, so key point number two uh, from the fish gate is become, for us to become fishers of men. Amen? Man, we need to engage. We need to go to certain events that you know that you're going to be profitable, like, like the pumpkin carving. I mean, we, we put a lot of effort, money, time into these things. We, we hope that you come, not just because you're obligated to come. You come because, man, you want to fish for men okay and you see that man there is a greater perspective that's beyond my goals and objective and my pleasures and then and then you get to see people's life change before your eyes how cool is that have you you know if you man if you've seen that before people's life change before your eyes and you're like wow this is this is of god and then suddenly, my goodness, you're addicted because you, you know that this is bigger than yourself. It's bigger than money can buy. 
You know, that's the perspective that we ought to have. Okay, number number three here is the old gate. The old gate. Okay. Um, the old gate here, if we look at Jeremiah 6.16, it's in your uh, handout. Okay. Uh, let me read that. Jeremiah 6.16. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Okay. Where is the good way? Walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they say, we will not walk therein. Also, I set watchmen over you. See, God is so gracious. Saying, hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they say, we will not hearken. Therefore hear, ye nations, and know, O congregation, what is among them. Hear, O earth. Behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my words nor to my law, but rejected it. And so the, the old gate refers to the law, the book, the Bible, the old way. See, the old way, the ancient word of God. Okay. And, and if you look at all the names on, on your handout, uh, it's very interesting. You see Jehoiada. Jehoiada means God knows. They say, I already know. You already know. But the, the real who already know is Jehoiada. Jehoiada is, man, I already know. God knows. Okay? And Pasia means people are lame, limping. Oh, not people. It's lame and limping. But you see that. People are lame and limping in their life. Whether uh, it's, it's, it's lost people are all carnal believers. They're lame and limping. Man, they're struggling. Okay? And the whole point of the old gate with the word of God, with the law of God, right? If you look at these names, very interesting. I'll go down really quickly, okay? Mashulam means befriended. God wants to be a friend. See? It's not that you have to read the Bible. It's that through the Bible, God becomes your friend. It's through seeking Him that you become a friend. It's not about legalism. See, sometimes we think about that. Oh, do I do 10 minutes or 15 minutes in the Bible? Like, really? Like, I mean, like, I get it, but, but the, the point is relationship. Like, you know, so you go to coffee with someone. Are we going to have coffee for 10 minutes or 15 minutes? They're like, oh, I, whatever you want, I guess, you know. <laughs> Because sometimes coffee can go hours because you've got so much to talk about, you know, both ways. And God's like, I want to be a friend, okay? And then besodeia means counsel the Lord. God wants to use that time to counsel you. Melatia means deliverance. God wants to use his word to deliver you. Uh, and then you've got Jaden. Jaden uh, means thankful. God wants to show you Right, man, that his word is, is powerful so that, man, we can be thankful people. Uzil means strength of God. God wants to show you that, man, there is strength in God's word. Ha-ha-ya. This one is a hard one. Ha-ha-ya. means fear of God. Right? God wants you to have that healthy fear of him. So then, you, you know, me and you, we don't do stupid things because we know the consequences are dire. The consequences are heavy, right? It's bad. And, and we know that we have that right fear of the Lord, right? Just like you have the right fear of, of heights. You have the right fear of uh, fire, you know, crazy fire, right? Not just fire, but, right? So then you don't do crazy things. And so you have the right fear of God. And then you have Hananiah. God has favored. And then you have Raphaeah. God has cured. Then you have Jediah, praise of God. And then you have Hatush. Hatush means forsaking sin. What will clean you? Right? God's word. So that you can forsake sin. sin. And then you have Malkija, appointed by the Lord. God wants to use his word to call you, appoint you unto a work. Unto a work. You see how cool that is? And then you have Hashub means intelligent. Intelligent. The word of God will cause you to be intelligent. When they met Jesus, they're like, oh, sorry, they, they met yeah, Jesus when he was a kid. They met the disciples who followed Jesus. It's like, wow, how can this man 
like be, be so wise. And then they say, well, because they've been with Jesus. They've been with Jesus. That's intelligence. And then finally, shalom means reward and recompense. And that's actually the final gate as well. God wants you to run well, fight a good fight so that you'll be rewarded. And so we see that in the old gate, right? It points us to the old way of truth that's been written and God will not change. You know, unfortunately, many Christian, Christians today, they want to find something new, something, you know, that's latest. They go and check and they got itching ears and now you got this apostle, in wherever you have this healer person and they got itching ears. They just want to hear what they want to hear. And then, goodness, they, they went astray. They went astray, all right? Or, 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 or Christian leaders trying to change the truth of God, right? The word of God, the old way, right? Into a more palatable thing. Meaning like, l- let me give you the Reader's Digest version. Let me give you the, the cartoon version of the Bible so it's not so heavy. Right? So it's easier for you. And then, man, you, you miss out on the old way. Oh, right? I know God, what God says, but... How many times have you heard that? I know what God says, but... But I have peace to, 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 to live with this girlfriend or, or to do something that the Bible clearly says not to. Right? Uh, God forbid. Okay, so key point three here is... Uh, Establish the Word of God as the foundation in your life, our life. Establish the Word of God as the foundation in our life. And faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so, you see, we we got to add to our faith, right? Add to our faith. And we have to have faith. And the way you get faith is to read the Word of God to befriend God, to engage with God, to pray to God, to obey Him and then see His strength and power. We have to establish the Word as the foundation in our life. But I tell you what, this progression, right? Now from the old gate, uh, and we talked about this Word, this ancient way, this old way is going to give us faith. But, but guess what? That faith is, hasn't necessarily been tested yet. Okay? The faith hasn't been necessarily tested yet. Remember, if you look at the life of, of, of many of uh, the characters in the Bible, Abraham in particular, you see that God gave him small tests, small tests, medium tests, medium tests, and then Genesis 22, mega tests require him to sacrifice his only son. Right? So God is going to say, oh, you read my Bible and you say, amen, hallelujah. That's good, brother. That's good, sister. That's good. Hallelujah. And then God's like, okay, all right, the test is coming now. And is that faith real? Okay, so then that goes on to the fourth gate, the valley gate. God is now ready to, to you know, always, this is, this is a sequence that we'll see. God's going to test that faith, right? You establish the, 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 the faith. Okay, let's test it. And the valley gate is... Is one that everyone will, will walk through, right? We live in a valley. The everyday life, right, is, is demanding. It's tough. The people you work with, uh, you know, can be difficult. The people that you live with can be unreasonable, right? The people that you study with, again, can be, again, dramatic. Friendships and all that drama, on and on and on, right? So there is a lot of different every day testing in your life. And God says, can you trust me? Can you trust me? You know, Psalm 23, verse 4, David come to this conclusion. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Wow. <laughs> Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't that cool? His, his cup runneth over. He's, he's like, man, what, man, what? the valley, sure, valley of shadow death, 
sure. Is that your perspective? Or are you a naysayer? Oh, are you a complainer? Are you a murmurer? Right? Oh, man, this is bad. This is bad. Everything is bad. You know, the, uh, it's bad. You know, and all the while God says, man, give thanks in all things. Give thanks in all things. Like, you're not passing the test. That's why you're depressed. You go through the valley and you just complain. You know, uh, because in the valley, the, the word uh, in the valley, verse 13, um, and the valley gate, okay, go to verse 13, look, put eyes onto it. The valley gate repaired Hanun and the inhabitants of Zanoah. They built it and set up the doors thereof, the locks thereof, and the bars thereof, and a thousand cubits on the wall unto the dung gate. Wow, they did a lot of work too. Two, two groups of people, uh, Hanun and the inhabitants of Zanoah. Okay, what does Z- uh, Hanun mean? It means gracious. It means merciful. How cool is that? Right? In the valley, you're going to find grace. You're going to find mercy. Okay? But you also have people going through the valley and, and then they find Zanoah. Okay, Zanoah means forgetfulness, to push aside, to reject, to forsake, to remove far away, you know. And, and guess what? This happens to, to the people of God. Hebrews 12, 5 says, And ye have forgotten the exhortation, which speaketh unto you as unto children. You forgot it. You forgot what I said. You, you, you hear it all the time, but you've forgotten it. My son, despise now, not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor feign when thou art rebuked of him. God wants to correct us. God wants us to go through this valley gate, this valley gate, and come out like David. Man, my cup runneth over. Yeah, I went through a terrible trial. I went through a, a terrible season. And, and, and now God is, I, I went through that and trusted God, and God delivered me, and my cup runneth over. I, I can look at your faces, and I can... I can, see, I can see peoples with different seasons and some of you came out from difficult seasons and now you're in a place where, man, because you trusted God, your cup runneth over. Isn't that cool? That's the promise of God. Second uh, Peter 1.9 says, But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Okay, so this is re- referring to you know, uh, you know, add to your faith virtue and vir- to virtue knowledge and all, all, all those things that Peter was trying to teach. How do you have a fruitful life? But there are people who've forgotten these things and they cannot see afar off. And the Bible says that, that, he, you know, that he has forgotten, he has been purged from sins. And that person live with guilt instead. See, they live in guilt. Isn't that crazy? Christians believers of Jesus Christ living in guilt, right? Forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Go through the valley gate, right? So what's the key point here? Valley gate is to prepare, prepare for trials in life. Prepare for trials in life. You know, it's amazing how much God gives you different things. I can, again, think of the the assignment given to you and you pick, right? Job, before something crazy happened. Right? And God prepared and, and, and on and on I can think of how God prepared us. He said, man, do that work. When you do that, you're more prepared than not to do the work. And so what, you're gonna, what, 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 what that means, what you're doing effectively, is you're adding to your faith virtue. You are doing what God has already told you to do. Virtue. See, that's valley gate. That's valley gate. Like, okay, now is the test. Now apply the stuff that we talked about, that we've been praying about. Do it. Do it. And see the results of that. You know? Or being forgetful and like, oh, it's too hard. It's too difficult. Complain. And so on. Okay. Um, So, it's 8.30. Uh, I got five more gates to go. So should we, should we pencil this in? 
um, <laughs> or try to run through it. Pencil it. All right. Okay. So so yeah. Let's pencil it so that we have time to pray and 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 kind of mull over it. Uh, but these gates are important. Uh, thank you for for that feedback. You know. Um, because it took 52 days for them to build the wall. <laughs> so I think we can spread it to two, two, two days, two preaching to, uh, to kind of uh, look into this a bit more. Uh, but I think you see what's coming. When you look at the, the, the headlines, uh, you, you see what's coming. And, and God has this progression that he wants us to go through over and over and over again to prepare us to finish our race on this earth, you know. And uh, so, um, so let's let's pray, and then and then we can uh, divide into our group. And I want that that group time to be edifying, uh, to maybe talk a bit uh, about what we looked at tonight. You know, and because why we have people who forget really quickly, right? I mean, the stuff here you're gonna forget like tomorrow. <laughs> like, how was it? Yeah, it was good, I think. Yeah, but uh, what what did he talk about? Something about gates. And, I, you know, I'm just saying, even me, like sometimes like, what, what, what did Sam talk about? You forget, right? And you got to take notes. You got to go back. You got to engage. You got to pray. You got to apply. And so the altar is open. It's not going to be front altar. It's going to be in the form of your small group. Uh, for those who are in the, you know, online world, you know, if you can get together with a brother or sister in Christ. Yeah, I see your hand. I see your hand. Yep. And uh, man, please get together and, Man, confess to one another, pray, um, and uh, and then and then and then the other thing is just pray over each other's needs. Uh, pray over each other's needs, right? Because we all have needs. We all are going through the valley to some degree, right? Different valleys, and and sometimes we need another brother or sister to to know that. Man, I'm going through a valley right now, and it's tough. And then and then you who are strong. You know, at this season, you're going to, man, share that burden. Share that burden. Like, oh, man, I hear you. I'm going to pray for you. And then that person is going to be, wow, receiving that, right? And, and man, feel like they, 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 they could share that burden with someone else. And that really helps. That really helps. So that, that's what I want us to do as we um, pray up and then get dismissed into your different groups. I know uh, Blake asked the, the Penn Valley group to merge with, with my group this time because we are in uh, live stream right now, uh, but the others can, can coordinate as you need to coordinate. You know, if, if your group is really small, you can jump in with another group. Uh, so, cool. All right, uh, let's pray, and then uh, we'll uh, dismiss into our groups. Uh, Father, we thank you so much for tonight. Uh, Lord, you are so good. Um, you're, you're just so gracious and so merciful. And Lord, even um, just how you answer uh, our prayer, you know, uh, tonight, Lord, you've given us a good time. You've given me a good time. And uh, Lord, just the praise uh, was, was so good, uh, was so good. And I could sense your presence. I could sing, uh, you know, with a heart of thanksgiving. Um, Lord, I, I want the real deal. Uh, I want the real deal. I want uh, to be consistent in my, 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 my life at home and outside. Uh, Lord, I don't want to be a hypocrite. And uh, so, Lord, help us all. Uh, help us all to live out the life that we know how we ought to live and help, help us to prepare for trials, uh, especially during this time. Uh, Lord, everyone is going through it uh, with COVID, with election. There's so much confusion. And Lord, we are, we have the answers. We do. And not only that we have the answer, we have the sheep gate, uh, Lord, to give us strength and power from on high, to give us that grace that we need. And so God, Lord, help us to tap into that. Help us to be solution and, and way makers uh, and peacemakers to people who need the way, the truth, and the life. We love you so much. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
meet you face to face one day. All right, we'll be dismissed.